Let's just pray. A gracious, loving God, we, we give you thanks for your word because it does challenge us. It challenges us deeply. So, Lord, today we ask that your Holy Spirit be upon us, open our hearts and our minds for your message here today. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. So as we are continuing on our exploration of the, the letter written by uh, James, and over these five weeks of exploring through this letter, we are, we are going to be looking at one chapter at a time. So being week two, we're going to delve into chapter two. We've had the first section of chapter two read for us, and, and I want you to, to meditate on that at it's at a later stage about what James is saying there about the way we, we treat one another. But I'm going to push on. I'm going to go into the second half of, of chapter 2 because I wanted us to hear the whole chapter today. I wanted us to kind of get into what James is saying. So James 2 verses 13 to 18. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to talk about it as we go along. So. 13 to 18. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye and have a good day. Stay well, stay warm and eat well but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? deeds. I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So reading this passage, you might be thinking that this, this passage is helping us kind of, um, kind of go backwards to what the Apostle Paul is saying and what we know from Scripture that we are saved by grace. You know, we might be reading this and go, hang on, we can do good things and that's going to say, that's not what is, James is saying. James is not saying that you, you don't have salvation through grace. So I'm just going to talk. Paul and James. So the Apostle Paul and James here are writing to two very different audiences. Whenever we read Scripture, we actually have to understand when it was originally written and to whom it was written for. We're writing to two different audiences and, and they have a different focus. Paul focuses on the means of salvation. In other words, how do you get, how does salvation happen? And so he says that we are saved by God's grace and we are saved by God's grace. But James is writing to a different audience and is writing about the outcome of our salvation. What happens, what evidence is there that a person has actually been experiencing God's grace? What evidence is there that comes out, the outcome of salvation? What is produced from our salvation? 
So we look at these two different audiences. Paul is kind of combating a self-righteous legalism that was in that day. Those that said they could earn their way to heaven. So Paul is combating that, saying you can earn your way to heaven. He goes, no, you can only come to heaven through what? Through God's grace. Through Christ alone. Whereas James isn't dealing with that. James was more combating a superficial faith. A faith that had no effect on a person's lifestyle and claims that they were, they were following Jesus. You know, it was a faith that was just sitting there and they were holding it and they didn't lift a finger to help others. See, Paul was clear about you were saved by faith, not by your good deeds. It's, it's through God's action that brings salvation. On the other hand, James is actually saying if you continue to live your life and there is no change, no discernible change, no outward behaviour that shows that you have been saved, that you have had grace placed upon you, then, then what? Then your faith is dead. See, if you have, and I'm going to put this up on the word, see, if you have a genuine faith, then you will demonstrate genuine works from it. Genuine faith in Jesus Christ produces a genuine work in the world around us. Let me give you an illustration to put this, push this point a little bit further about how our faith in Christ, how our faith in Jesus will bring a life change, will bring good words, works for us. How many people have had a car battery die on them? There's a, there's a few people, yeah, you know. What do you do when you have a car battery die on you? Call the NRMA, isn't it? That's what we do anyway. So, um, You know that you know, if the battery is dead, then the car is dead. Now, if the battery is dead, the car is dead. It's going nowhere. It's not doing anything. Having a fully charged battery means that your car will work. You know, not all of us drive. Not all of us had that experience. But some, some of us you know, have, have phones, don't we? What happens when your phone runs out of charge? You know, the world falls apart, doesn't it? You know, you can't, you can't look up the, the latest scores on anything. You can't watch a movie. You can't make phone calls or text people. You can't Instagram. None of that. You know, I was, I was actually at a meeting in, in town in Sydney um, a long full day meeting and, you know, travelling on the bus I was listening to some things and then making a couple of phone calls and then having to hotspot to get papers and other bits and pieces. By the time we'd finished with the meeting, my phone was dead. You know, and I was going, what am I going, you know, what do you do? So, so what do you do? You, you, you buy one of these things. You know, what, what's this? It's a battery, isn't it? It's a battery and guess what? It's full of charge. But you know what? It is completely useless to your phone until you do what? Plug it in. Until you actually connect it and get it going, it will not produce anything for your phone. So if you have faith, you know, full of charge, but you don't do anything, you don't connect it, you don't have it to do anything, what good is it? You want to have that charge producing something. You want to have that charge giving you something. 
not just sitting there. You want to have evidence of your faith. So your genuine faith in Jesus produces an outward action. And that's, a, that's, that's what James is saying. A genuine faith in Jesus brings about good fruit and behavior that is more like Jesus day in, day out. If we jump into Matthew's gospel, Jesus, you know, James's brother here, half-brother here, Jesus is actually talks about how we are identified by our actions. Let me put it up on the screen for you. It's from Matthew 7, verses 16 to 20, and it says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You, you can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they, what, they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Can you pick plastic fruit from real? You know? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. You know, do we have a faith that is evident in the actions that we have and that we do? One of the biggest criticisms that are leveled against Christians is that they are hypocrites. They talk about being loving and caring and full of faith and loving God, but we don't show love to our neighbours. We don't show that love around. We don't care for other people. We are called to step up. Our actions are part of our faith. But let me give you a little warning here. Just because someone does something good, a good deed, good work, you know, doesn't mean that they have actually asked Jesus in your heart. You can actually feed the hungry and the poor and not have any faith. In the same way, you can't bring somebody into faith by just doing good works for them. Just by sharing food with them, by giving them clothes, will not bring them into the faith to understand that Jesus is the centre of our lives. We have to hold these two things together, our faith and share our faith and the works that are produced from our faith and share that. We need to move from not just having an intellectual knowledge of God into a practical faith that is there. James 2, and we're going to push further into you know, this chapter of James. James 2, 19 to 26. And it says this. I'll put it up on the screen. You say you have faith, but you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this. There's an intellectual faith for you. You can believe in God. You can know that there is a God. But it's got no practical depth. It's got no life change. You haven't actually accepted Christ into your hearts. You can believe that there is a higher power, but not do anything about it. So even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? 
You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happens, just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, you are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by their faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them away safely by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so our faith is dead without good works. So James, here's, you know, and here's the thing about his audience. He's, he's not speaking to people who don't understand the Old Testament, who have not grown up with the, 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 the biblical truths in there and the stories of there. He's actually writing to those people that have got a Jewish faith, have got that understanding of they are the believers and followers, where Paul is pushing out into a wider community that does not have that heritage. And so when James is talking here and speaking about these Old Testament stories, these two stories of people who put their faith into action and allowed that to happen, he's giving an, an illustration to them of moving beyond just intellectual knowledge of knowing about God into knowing about God, taking it on board and trusting God in all things. Abraham trusted God with his son's life. He gave it over and God fulfilled. If we look at Abraham for just a moment, and, and this is really interesting you know, for us, is that you know, if you read in Genesis 15, God actually declared Abraham righteous because based on his faith. Genesis 15. A little bit further on, for us biblical scholars, in Genesis 22 you actually find that God then tests this genuine faith of Abraham. So that testing the action comes after the faith. Abraham offering Isaac demonstrates that genuineness of faith. See, see James finishes off with this, and, and this is where I'm going to leave you. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. That is a challenge for us, isn't it? That is a challenge for us. Have, have we been sitting comfortably absorbing knowledge, trying to get deeper in our own kind of understanding of who God is, praying fervently, reading the Bible, but if it doesn't have a practical implication in the world around us, in the caring. And as James said, if you, if you have discrimination between those that have and those that don't within the midst of who we, who we are as a Christian fellowship, then we are not doing our job. We are not letting our faith inform our actions. See, my prayer for us today is this. May we have a living faith in Jesus Christ. That is primarily the central part of it. May we have a living faith in Jesus. 
a faith that is practical, a faith that puts everything into action, that doesn't stay stagnant, a faith that accepts the salvation through grace and takes that salvation and puts it into practice. A faith that we share openly and honestly without reservation. A faith that we give to those in need. A faith that is practical. So let's just pray. Now, Lord God, you challenge us with your word yet again. A word that speaks into our hearts. A word that you know, cuts us like a two-edged sword. It does indeed. So today, if this word that we have heard from James, if this is challenging us now about what it means to have a, a fully developed faith in Jesus Christ, a faith that is, is holding close to the grace that God has given us, not through the works that we've done, not through the activities of our hands, but because of what Jesus has done on the cross that we have forgiveness, that we are able to come into God's family, into relationship with God once again. If that has been part of who you are, let us hold that true. But let us act upon that faith. Let us act upon that grace that we have received. And let us care for those around us, care for those within our community here of faith, of people at Pittwater Uniting Church, um, but of our community here where we live, our neighbours, our friends, our family, those who we see in the street who are doing it tough, those that we know around the world, whether it be in Zimbabwe or whether it be in another place where we can offer practical and real tangible support whether that support is helping others do the work and we provide for them to do, or we are challenged to go and do that work ourselves. We're showing love and care. Of expressing our faith in real and practical ways. Maybe today God is speaking to your heart right now and just nudging you, pushing you to think about what you might do that is slightly different. What you might do that will change the way you view the world. Maybe it's a challenge about the way we think and act to somebody else. Maybe it's God speaking to our lives and opening us up for the reality of seeing the hurt where the hurt is not where we think it should be and offering a helping hand a loving hug a care and support and God is challenging you right now just to to be able to just show grace and love to those who are who are doing it tough emotionally who are doing it tough physically or maybe with ill health at this moment.
Lord God, may you just speak into our lives on the practical things that we can do with our faith. Practical ways we can help. But Lord God, above all things we ask today that you change our hearts so that we make harm and love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our body that we have more than just a practical faith. We have a faith that is rooted just in you. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.